Welcome back to Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. My name is Neil, your host, and today I'm really excited because I am on location, and I am in the offices of Richard Baker. And Richard, thanks for joining us here on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, well, we know that you are uh, kind of a a rare individual because you kind of... uh, fly in two different environments, one of those environments, and maybe more environments than what I know about, but the two of them that I'm referring to is in the world of the church as a pastor, uh, and you have a degree and background in that, and you have experience there, but you also kind of fly with the financial area. Now, Now, tell us about yourself. Where are you from, and how did you get into those two different areas? Right. I grew up in Galena, Missouri, in southwest Missouri, small town, fifth generation from the area, so longtime resident. And by God's grace, went to College of the Ozarks, which changed the trajectory of my life. Wow. And so I uh, found out quickly in my last few semesters at College of the Ozarks that I had a knack for finance. Okay. And did you feel a calling into ministry before that? Or yeah, did that I'd already later? been in ministry, so I'd been a pastor already before. I'd been a oh, youth really? pastor. Had uh, got my... Uh, my first preaching license on my 21st birthday and wow. uh, was ordained a few years after that. But it's at College of the Ozarks that you're beginning to feel like that you've got some skill and talent in right. finance. And so was there kind of a, a struggle in your heart as to what you know, to do? Or did that... I, I don't think growing up in this rural area, I always knew bivocational pastors. So okay. it never really was a, a concern for me. Wow. So I, it was more of a, a surprise to me when I became a full-time pastor at one point in my <laughs> life. But uh, I've always had a parallel roads going side of, of finance, of, of business world, and the church. And I've always felt they need to be together. We, we need to be talking. We need to be working this out. Wow. Well, you're the perfect guest for us because we're looking for people who are laying some, wanting to lay the foundation of their life that makes God the king over all that we do, Amen. and to find somebody that has the pastoral experience, and you've got some significant uh, licensing and degrees in the financial world, so you're not a lightweight when it comes to that. Uh, you kind of got some financial ninja things going on, don't you, in there? Right, I do. I have the highest investment license I can have in the country, so I have a 766-63. I'm a credit investment fiduciary, so... I uh, can do all things investment. Boy, that is good. And through Christ, we can do the other stuff. Can't That's right. That. So what we want to do <laughs> is we want to talk about finances and money and how we prepare for today and tomorrow. We're going to be right. hopefully listening, uh, being listened to by both uh, pastors. And so there may be some things we want to talk about, particularly with them, uh, but just the average person out there. And so what is the biggest challenge that you think when you start talking to the average person about money, especially in society today? I think I would say when I'm talking to people in the church, the biggest problem I see in the church is they think like my life is two separate roads, and it's not. Our our finances and our church life are combined. And and that's the biggest thing I see is they're not preparing, they're not thinking, they got a a different worldview of finances than really what the scriptures say. So you think the scriptures do have a worldview when it comes to finance? I believe they do. I think they are absolutely a part of our worship. They're a part of our daily lives. And, and what we do is is worshipful to the Lord. I think he, it matters. And so where does that begin when we start looking at all these things? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, it's, I've always been confused when people call him Lord, but he's not Lord of their life. If he truly okay. is Lord, he's over all things. Okay. And so if the Lord is our Lord, if we have submitted ourselves under his authority, then that means even our finances. And the biggest thing, I think, is ownership. Who owns it? And that's, I think that's a problem. Okay, so who does own that? You know, on, at church, it's, it's all his. 
But okay. on Monday morning, maybe Sunday afternoon, <laughs> we all take it back and we just assume it that it's it's ours again. But the scriptures say it is all the Lord's, all of our stuff. He's not just concerned about our ten percent we tithe, and I pray everybody's doing that. Right. He's also concerned about the ninety percent because it's all his. Wow. And so so the person who's trying to follow Christ thinks possibly that, you know, God may have given me the talent or the ability to do this, but then I've got to do the work and then it becomes mine because I've done the work and I'll give the Lord his 10%, but the other 90% is mine to do what I want to do. Whatever I want. That's what, that's unfortunately what many people in the church feel like. And you fundamentally disagree that that's a biblical idea. The Lord talks a lot about it. Okay. In Chronicles, 1 Chronicles 29, he says, everything in heaven and on earth is his. And that pretty much nails everything. It's it's all his. The the good, the bad, the ugly. In Haggai two eight talks about that the silver and the gold are mine. The all the animals of the forest are mine in Psalm fifty. I mean it, it's all his. And and that changes our mindset when, when we're going to Walmart, when we're going car shopping, when we're going everything. If it's all his and, and that money in our wallet, that's those two twenties and that ten and those three old ones, <laughs> if they're his, that changes our mindset of how we spend them. Because oftentimes I think the, the financial conversations that I got into as a pastor, and maybe you had, a lot of it all kind of ended up with, am I supposed to tithe on the gross or uh, or the uh, net? And that, that seems to be as, as deep as theologically as some of our good-minded, good-hearted, going-to-church people. And those are the good ones. Yeah, that's the, about that. yeah that's, that's the... Those are the ones that are exemplary in their right. giving. Hey, Lord, should I be giving you the gross or the... And I'm not going to make you answer that question because you may have a different view on that. We may have talked about that in another topic. But you're saying it's not about the 10% so much. It is. That's his. That's You you don't worry about how that's spent. (laughs) Yeah. You're on the 90. I mean, how we're all going to be judged on how we spend every opportunity, every minute, every second, every every penny that we have. And I'm not saying we all start orphanages. I'm just saying be good stewards. If we're managing it, manage well. Wow. I, I just believe everything we have is on loan from the Lord. Everything. It's his. He owns it all. These are his clothes. It's his, his watch. It's, I hope he likes Apple. Yeah, I mean, I mean all, so. they're all his. Right. And that is a different mindset. That goes back to the basis of Christian responsibility with finances is who owns it. And, and you're really quoting some Old Testament passages. And so we would think, and, and you've got New Testament passages where you've already mm-hmm. mentioned those, but I'm suge- you're suggesting then possibly that the Jewish people understood this concept because the, a lot of that is in the Old Testament law that God owns all these things. Mm-hmm. But has that always been the American church understanding of that? Did we lose yeah. that someplace? We Did we never it. have I mean, it? Some of the greatest attributes of the American people is also some of our weaknesses. Okay. I mean, it takes some wild brethren to make it in this wilderness and survive. I mean, mm-hmm. my, my family's fifth generation in Galena. They, they came in wagons to hills with rocks mm. and and people say hillbillies all these things but hey it took a separate different kind of people to survive and to live and to make it and now that has transformed and morphed into almost some pride and and all these different things of hey this is mine i earned it i got it i've made mm. it and we do what we want but that's not it i mean the lord wants us to do well and he wants us to also serve him well and I'm not saying start orphanages. We do that. That's great. But but really just make good decisions as if he's watching. If he really is holding us all in the palm of his hands, I believe he is, then do it like he's watching because he is. It's are, his are you, stuff. Are you suggesting then that we may not be making the wisest decisions as Western Christians in North America today? Yeah. The, the term first world problems yeah. is, is real. 
uh, we, we have by a, that, what do you mean? First world problem? Yeah. We, we have a daughter in Nicaragua and, uh, her problems are, are they going to have enough food? Are they going to have enough water? Are they going to have clean water? Is it going to have, I mean, we have stuff and, and I'm trying to figure out, I mean, what kind of house do I want next? I mean, what, mm. how big a four wheeler do I want? How big of ATV? I mean, I've, I've got an eight-year-old boat. I mean, I can't believe that. I mean, everybody else on Table Rock Lake's got a bigger boat. Why shouldn't I? You know, all those right. things. And and they're trying to figure out. I mean, she's working. I'm going there on Thursday, and she's trying to figure out how much glass to put on the top of her wall to secure her house. Mm. I mean, it's a different world and mentality. And that wall with the glass in Nicaragua is the Lord's too. Mm. And for those of us who've been blessed, manage it well. It's all His. And what I mean by that is just don't be stupid. Don't don't live over your means. Do what you can do and do well. And you're suggesting that as Americans, many Americans are living over their means? They absolutely are. And we'll handle that on, on another session. Okay. But the, the main thing is, is first realize and submit to that. If he's Lord, allow him to be Lord of your life, including your financial life. And not just the decision about whether it's net or gross on my tithe, what I'm putting in. Let's first get to the tithe, which I think for right. many people is going to be a huge That's stretch, a right? Um, whether it's net or gross. And then from there, not just be concerned about that 10%, but be concerned about that 90% as well, because that's his. Right. Is it honorable? Is it good? Are we spending it on places that he would want us to spend it on? Is it, are we doing it? Are we going over? Spend it well. It's his. Manage it. Is it glorifying the kingdom? Is it growing the kingdom? And, and I'm saying don't, don't stop eating out. It's if you eat out. That's good. But understand it's his money you're spending and be have a, an act of thankfulness and praise for him allowing you to have the 90 or thank you for that. Let me, let me do well with that. What is it about us? Do you think that we're always comparing ourselves to the person who's got more than what we have, or yeah. that it appears they have more when we can look around as well and see probably as many people, if not more that don't have what we have, where does that come from? Do you think? You know, I mean, Cain killed Abel, right? I mean, I mean, it really goes back to there. It's just sin. It just goes back to sin. And we want more. We want, and in America right now, I wouldn't say this is everywhere else, but in America right now, we want more than what we've got, and we've already got so much. We are the wealth. I mean, everybody listening to this podcast is going to be one of the wealthiest people on the planet. So do well with it. And there has been a change, don't you think? Uh, and maybe you don't, and that's fine to disagree as well. But it seems like that I look back at what my parents did, and, uh, you know, they were some of the first people in their family who went to college. They grew up dirt poor, if, the, if you will, and they both became educated, and they have a middle-class lifestyle. But it was a tremendous amount of work for them to get where they were to where I showed up and saw where they were. And I have a tendency to think that I should start right where they left off. My uh, 12-year-old loves watching the Olympics. Sure. And so during the Olympics, he always sets up these these things to run and jump over. And he just didn't understand why he can't jump at the same height those guys who've been training <laughs> all their lives, and especially the last two years, to do. But he, you just can't start there and be an Olympian. It's all the ramp up, all the work up ahead of time. And, and that's getting into the next generation and the current generation. The current generation is financially a mess. And I believe it comes back to they – they're trying to assume a lever lifestyle that they can't afford and that the Lord probably hasn't allowed them to have. And they also are, have a misunderstanding of whose stuff it is. I, I, I guess, Neil, just say, I believe with everything in me. 
that we will be held accountable to the Lord for everything he gives us. Every dime we've been given, every talent we've been given, every ounce of energy, every idea, every opportunity is all going to be his. And it's just like what he did with the children of Israel. Hey, before they got there, right, before they crossed the river, he says, hey, when you get there, don't be arrogant and think that you did this. Mm. I gave it to you. And, and that's the same thing with us. We, we have become an arrogant people with our 90 mm. and saying, this is mine. I could just blow it how I want, you know, supersize that sucker. Mm. And that's not it. This is his money. Do well. And I'm wondering when you're saying that, are, are you talking about in some kind of heavenly judgment of some sense that we're going to be held accountable for that? Or do you think that there's going to be things as a nation, as the United States of America, as we have forgotten from whence we have come, uh, is there going to be some consequence earthly, do you think, for us as a nation and for us financially and maybe even economically? I believe that every decision is a spiritual decision. Even financial decisions are spiritual decisions. And I believe that there are, the Bible speaks of two judgments. The ones are right from the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. When are you saved? Are you, are you under the blood of Christ? But the second one's a judgment of believers. And I believe that in Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Mm. And that, that shakes me. And I think before we can be growing the kingdom with our finances and if our lifestyle you have to first agree that if he is Lord, we have to allow him to be Lord. It's all his stuff. Wow. Well, Richard, thanks for spending some time here with me to, to have me rethink some things related to this, because what you're suggesting is God doesn't just own the 10% that I write my tithe check to or have the automatic deposit that goes to or I text it as it goes into the plate as they come by. Yes, you're affirming that that 10% is his. It's absolutely his. Non-negotiable, whether it's net or gross. But you're saying we have some responsibility of that other 90% because though we may think it is ours, it's not really ours either. He's going to judge us on how we do everything. Well, I hope that you're going to stick around and help us begin to figure out how do we spend that other 90%. What do we do with that to be honoring to God because I don't think you're going to suggest that we have to give everything away no. and have no clothes or have no donkey to get us where we need to go on the, you know, right. to the store. Uh, but that there really is a way to benefit from that 90, but also do a world of good and be honoring to God. Are you going to stick around and help me do Amen. that? I'll do that. I'm here. Hey, thanks, Richard, for joining us. And thank you for joining us today on Foundational Thoughts, the podcast of the Missouri Baptist Foundation. We'll catch up with you next time. Mm-hmm.